Hello, listeners. It is midnight in Mercy Mountain once again, and I, Julian Glass, am here to soothe your nocturnal souls. Tonight's broadcast is the finale of a story. A story about local sharpshooter and newest missing persons investigator, Sid Jones. Sid's mind was blank. Perfectly so. Z barely comprehended their surroundings. Motion flickered in the corner of Sid's eye, unlocking something in their brain. Their thoughts started flowing. The salesman had come. He had discussed something with Sid. He had sold them something, hadn't he? Then he had left. Kalina Kaminska was at her desk, shuffling through some papers. Sid wheeled over. Did you see the salesman here? Kalina looked up. No. Should I have? Nerves fluttered in Sid's chest as Z admitted aloud what had just happened. He was just here. He just visited me. Kalina paused. Are you still considering your theory about him? Sid nodded, throat tight. How long do I have? Z thought. Z checked their watch. Not enough time to find everyone before Z disappeared as well but enough to check out the haunted, vacant lot on North Paris Green Street, where the mayor had seen the salesman before. Mind reeling, Sid headed out to Zerkar and drove, rather absently, to the lot. Z found a parking spot nearby, unable to park directly in front because another car was parked there. A car with an Ohio license plate that said Salesman. Sid's nerves grew from a flutter into a quake. Z wheeled her way into the lot. There was a patch of dirt in the center of the lot, about seven feet by three feet, give or take. The dirt looked freshly disturbed. Sid leaned down and swept aside some of the earth, once, then again. Something smooth emerged from under the dirt. Something made of wood. Heart in her throat, Sid swept off dirt from the object until Z revealed a paneled door, made of pine, complete with a frame and a brass doorknob. Sid's eyebrows knit together in a bewildered frown. What the hell? Open it, a voice in her head urged. Sid hesitated, reached down, turned the doorknob, heaved upward. 
Before Sid was a ramp leading down into blackness. Is this where the salesman goes? Sid swallowed. Z steeled himself and went down the ramp. Even though Z was using their flashlight, Z left the door open to give a little extra light. But the door closed itself behind them. Sid swallowed again, but pressed on. Eventually, the ramp ended, leveling out into a dirty concrete floor. Sid shone their light on the walls, filthy, with chipping paint. There were no windows. But there was a door on the other end of the room. Sid opened it onto a hallway with a ramp at one end, a door at the top. Sid made their way to the door and opened it with a note of apprehension ringing in their chest. The door opened onto another hallway, this one lined with doors. Sid wheeled slowly down the hallway, observing the doors. Some had red catfish painted onto their faces. Some did not. Sid opened one that was bare. Inside was a room with only a metal bed frame. Sid looked out the window to the world beyond and saw a forest. A trail wound its way out of the trees and disappeared back into it at another location. Sid frowned. Z thought Z knew where Z was. The crags. The old insane asylum that was abandoned back when centers of the psychiatric variety were called insane asylums. Z turned back to the hallway and was about to open one of the doors with a catfish on its face. When down the hall, another door opened. And out stepped the salesman. Hello, he said. Long time no see. Sid found himself trying to commit every little thing to memory. Which of the salesman's hands held the briefcase, the crookedness of his tie, and so on. Long time no see, Z echoed. I suppose you want to talk? The salesman asked. Sid nodded. The salesman led them to one of the rooms down the hall, which was only half as dirty as the rest of the place. He sat behind the desk in the center of the room with a sigh. I suppose you found what I sold you? What? No. Check your pockets. Sid did so. Something that hadn't been there that morning. Brushed against Sid's fingertips. Z withdrew it. A glass sphere glinted in Sid's fingertips. A marble? Z said. Not just a marble. It can hold energy. What kind of energy? All kinds. Sid turned it in their fingers. Just clear glass, an inch or so in diameter. It made for one boring-looking marble. I need your help, 
said the salesman. Sid looked at him. I need some of your energy. If you put some of your energy into that marble, I can take it and use it to save my home from the light. What do you mean? Sid asked. There is a goddess attacking my town. I traveled away, trying to find a way to protect us. One of the doors here is a portal back to my home, but I don't want to travel back before I gather enough energy to save it. Sid's lips parted in the beginnings of an offer to help, but Z hesitated. What about all the missing people? Sid couldn't very well just abandon their task to find them, so Z asked. The salesman hesitated. People going missing is no fault of mine. Sid frowned at the wording. Were you involved with any of the disappearances? I asked them to help me, the salesman replied. Sid waited for elaboration. They were supposed to give me some of their energy, but they couldn't take it. Sid's heart dropped. Are they dead? The salesman shook his head. He brought his briefcase onto the desk and opened it. They were swallowed by the marbles. Their strength wasn't enough to keep the marbles from overwhelming them and pulling all of them in. A layer of padding was set within the briefcase, with indentations every couple of inches. Within the indentations, marbles were nestled. These ones not clear like Sid's, but swirling blue or green or red, or even Cat's eye. Sid leaned over the open briefcase. These marbles were supposed to be the missing people? Prove these are my missing folks. The salesman slammed the briefcase shut. There is no way to do that. Sid shrugged. Then I'm not helping you. The salesman's face went red with fury. Sid reached inside your jacket pocket and gripped tightly what sat inside. You need to help me save my home, he cried. All I need is your energy. Why don't you use a little of what the missing people already gave you? And then you can release them, right? As soon as the words were out of Sid's mouth, Z realized why. Why the people were trapped. Why the salesman had kept them. You need all the energy from all of us, don't you? Not just some from one? The salesman leaned over the desk, hands planted before him. Hands planted a little too close to Sid. Yes, I need to use the energy from 45 different people to save my home. Now please! His hands shot towards Sid. Sid whipped out Zer's slingshot, slipped the marble into the pouch. Don't test me, Z snapped, aiming directly at the salesman's left eye. The salesman eased back warily. I just want to save my town, he murmured. So do I. Now give me the briefcase, set it in my lap. The salesman did so, the marble still trained on his face. He retreated quickly. Now what I'm going to do is give you some of my energy, but you're going to tell me when to stop so that I don't get swallowed by the marble. 
and then you're going to use my energy to help your home. Is that clear? The salesman glanced at the briefcase. Your energy alone won't be enough. It will have to be, Sid said firmly, or this marble is going straight into your eye. The salesman raised his hands as if in surrender. Sid slowly lowered the slingshot, pulled the marble out of the pouch. How do I do this? Imagine building a bridge from yourself, wherever your energy is held, to the marble. Imagine the energy flowing from one side to the other. Sid closed her eyes and tried to do as the salesman said. Something flowing over a bridge? It didn't feel natural. So Sid imagined digging a trench from her core to the marble. Zer energy built up in the trench as he dug it until it swelled over the last part that had yet to be dug up and flowed into the marble. It felt like a river, coursing from one place to the next, stronger and stronger the longer it flowed. You need to stop, a small voice warned Sid. You can't keep this up much longer. Sid tried to stop the energy flow, but it was like trying to stop a creek with two hands. Weakness, emptiness began to swallow him as he disappeared into the marble. You need to stop now, the voice cried. How do I do that? Sid wanted to scream, but found Z couldn't. How do you stop a river? Build a dam. As quickly as Z could, Z pulled together pieces of Zer mind to hold back the current. Z could feel himself draining away just like the missing people. Now they wouldn't have anyone else to find them. No, Sid thought. Z could not abandon Zer duty, Zer responsibility. Sid dragged more pieces to the dam, put them in place. Z worked until the flow came to a trickle, then a stop. Z opened Zer eyes with a sigh of relief. Here, Z handed the salesman the marble, which now looked like a galaxy trapped in a sphere of glass. Now tell me how I free the people. The salesman looked apprehensive. I don't know, Sid glowered. Then get out of here. Z put away Zer slingshot as the salesman fled and pondered the briefcase. Forty-four marbles... Forty-four people. Sid called Kalina. Sid picked up a marble, examined it. Z chewed Zer lower lip as Z considered what to do. Then, as hard as Z could, Z threw it at the floor. There it shattered, and the fragments melted into a mass bigger than the marble ever was. A mass that took the shape of a human. Alton Davis. Relief flooded Sid. Z had found a solution.
Z smashed marble after marble until 44 people stood on the Crags campus. At some point, the ambulances Kalina had called had arrived and were looking after the people Sid had freed. Somehow, some family members and friends of the found had heard what was going on. Sid suspected Julian Glass had to do with it, and come to the scene to reunite with their loved ones. Sid watched as Penelope Dunlap and Theo Marshall embraced and kissed. As Julian tackled Shenji so hard that the pair fell to the ground. As the rambunctious smiths cried tears of joy and relief over their rambunctious Noah. Mercy Mountain is at peace once again. Families snuggle fondly. The self-proclaimed wizard Snurp sleeps, having finally defeated the kudzu taking over his porch. A stray cat brings a dead book home to her kittens. The salesman is nowhere to be found. Stay tuned next for two uninterrupted hours of someone trying to squeeze out the last of the ketchup from the bottle. Have a wonderful rest of your night, Mercy Mountain. This episode was written and performed by Mallory Spencer. Music was written by Erica Pierness. Music was performed by Moss Grady. The logo was designed by the Podcast Design Company. For more, visit MallorySpencer.com or at MallorySpencerWrites on Instagram.